So someone rather cruelly said to me this week, and I think they just wanted to make me feel old, to be fair. Yeah. They said, yeah, of course, Joe, you do realise that in seven years' time, the 80s will be 50 years ago. Oh, no. No. That, I no. mean, that's not right, is it? That's, I mean, that's just wrong. I've only just got over the 60s. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's almost like we're getting old. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode 239 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page <laughs> and there's Joe Davis. Now, that is, I was, that I was doing well. <laughs> I was doing well. You were, you made me laugh and I don't know why you made me laugh. I just looked at you. I don't know why. No. It's not like I did that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just normal liturgical gestures. What's that? Oh, please. <laughs> I'm so glad this is audio, really. I know, this is why we can't possibly do the whole YouTube channel thing that proper podcasters do. Yeah, I've been thinking about that because a lot of podcasters are are taking... What they do is they take uh, film of themselves while they're podcasting and then use it as a kind of snippet, you know, and put it on YouTube. And Insta. Insta. That's what they do. I mean, I don't think the world needs that. Even if it does, it's not going to get it, to be fair. No, it's not going to get it. It's as much as we can do to get a sound file out. Anyway, uh, yes, welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us for um, what we like to call episode 239. Um, Rather magically. Anyway, uh, I'm joined by Joe Davis. How are you, Joe? Oh, do you know, I'm all right, thank you. Although I've not been doing very well at my theme. So my theme has been turning. I just thought I'd start with this just to say, I have noticed I have not been doing that well. So my theme was to turn up every day, you know, just to try and really be present to everything that's going on. Mm. I don't know. I seem to have lost it in the last week or so. Don't quite know why. We've talked before this analogy of the old kind of mobile phone that you reluctant to get rid of, but you charge it up to 100% and within 10 minutes it's down to 10%. And it feels to me still a bit like that, that I, mm. I I go and do something beautiful, like walking in NEP and listening to Nightingales, which I've done this week, and I feel, oh, I feel so on top of it. And then within 10 minutes, I'm sort of, you know, getting a bit fretful again and all that mm. stuff and, you know, going off. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, not doing so well, but, um, but I at least I've noticed it and I'm addressing it. The problem with turning up, yeah. I think is is that when you turn up, people give you more work to do. I've noticed that if you turn <laughs> yeah. up to things. And I hate to tell you this, but I'm turning up tomorrow at your house. You your are new house. Oh, I can't wait. Well, I hope you like decorating because there's a lot to do. I hope the fridge is well stocked. <laughs> <laughs> well. It... It is well stocked at the moment. How well stocked it will be by about half an hour in, I don't know. Have I anyway. told you that I love looking in people's... We, we must have talked about this before. I mean, Rachel seems to be embarrassed of me, but when I go into someone's house, I do love to open their fridge and just have a good snoop round it. I feel like... Do you? Yeah, I feel like you can tell everything you need to know. You don't even need to ask people, how are you? Once you've looked in their fridge, you'll be able to tell. <laughs> it, it tells Most... you everything you need to know. 
Mostly people say that about bookshelves, don't they? Or paintings. Oh, do they? So they, you can look around and see. But you head straight for the I fridge. I go straight for the fridge. And also just see if there's any knickknacks left over. I love a bit of leftover dinner. It's like an amuse-bouche. <laughs> anyway, move, moving left, on. Uh, leftovers are all you're going to get, mate. I'll tell you yes. that for nothing. So, um, uh, went to the cinema and saw the unlikely pilgrimage of Harold Fry. I mean, what a wonderful film that was. I highly recommend it. Have you read the book? No. By Rachel Joyce. So, well, the the plot is about a, a, a kind of older couple and you, you realise that there's there's some tension and possibly some sto- backstory to their relationship. And one day he goes to post a letter to someone, but he decides that he's going to hand deliver it, except he lives in Devon and this person lives in Berwick-upon-Tweed. And he's not a walker and he doesn't do exercise and he's never walked before. And it's just this heartwarming, uh, at times sad, shocking, uh, all sorts going on in that story. Hmm. But it's been adapted very well. And I think it's because Rachel Joyce was heavily involved in the screenplay and, the, you know, characters. Uh, Jim Broadbent oh, so- laid. Oh, it's just great. I mean, go watch Sounds it. Sounds good. Yeah, no, very, yeah. very good. Um, in other news... Um, uh, I, I, I interviewed um, Chris Scott, who wrote The Jesus Myth, um, as I was asked to by a beloved listener, Becky. And um, it was just tremendous, a real privilege to meet with him. And uh, yeah, so that will be coming out sometime, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, really yeah. good. Yeah. But the main excitement of the week, the big thing that I think is on everyone's hearts, it's coming up this Saturday. I think I think no one can have ignored it, is I'm coming to see you. Yes, yes. <laughs> It's a kind of an add-on to the coronation. I've, I'm being anointed with your presence. Well, I think it's going to be slightly more grand. I mean, just you can pic- you can picture it. You know, our Ford Fiesta going up there. Yeah. People yeah. lining the streets, throwing confetti at you, party at or stones. Or <laughs> That's what I'm more used to. Yeah, great. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, be looking be forward to that. Lovely to see you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, well, actually, today I'm really tired because I didn't sleep well last night, and, and it just it just drains you, doesn't it? But um, yeah. But uh, but overall, not bad. Um, went to see Clive Anderson on Saturday. Did you? Yeah. Well, there's a name I haven't heard for a while. I know, in a one man show in uh, the sort of little community theatre. Yeah. Near where we live, and uh, he was very very good. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, it, it's a show he tours around. It's a bit random, a bit odd, because uh, it's, it's, it's got this whole Macbeth theme going through okay. it, and I don't know why. Okay. Uh, no point, because he basically just talks about his chat show and his career yeah. and stuff yeah, like that. Right. And you're thinking, I don't know what Macbeth's got to do with this. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but it was good. It was fun, and he was on good form, and uh, I enjoyed that. That was good. Uh, and then, are you watching Race Across the World? No, I watched the last series. haven't seen this one, but people say it's been oh. good. Yeah, it's been very good. Last night, well, you'd have loved last night because of the sort of acts of kindness that were in oh, there. Oh, I love that. The strangers doing sort of and uh, just helping out, and uh, it's very moving, very moving. So uh, I'm enjoying that. Um, mm, good. Yeah, and uh, and hey, okay. I th- here's the thing. I'm thinking of blogging again. Are you? Hmm. Oh dear. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. Yeah, it's, clear uh, up I mean, after you. <laughs> so you know, we I used to have a blog. I used to have used to put up posts and everything, and um, and then all that kind of got blown out of the water by 
by Twitter and Facebook and social media because you didn't blog. You just sort of put your thoughts out there. Yeah. But as you know, I I pretty much detest Twitter and Facebook and social media, and I'm no no longer presence on them. But I am kind of missing that thing where you can sort of put up a thought or a mm. or a, a video or something that you like, something you recommend, mm. or you know a book. I, I'm kind of missing that. So I'm thinking of maybe um, I, I, of blogging again, and and I might even do some mid faith crisis blog. You know, make a bit more yeah. of the web website. I don't want to promise anything because no. it's extremely unlikely to happen. I was going to say, but, you know, if only you had a podcast where you could do all those things. Well, that's it. You see, that's the thing, isn't it? The podcast has taken place of so much, hasn't it? So, so uh, what is this if not a vehicle for my opinions? But. Um, but no, I, d- I don't know. I just feel like I might might, might do that again, experimented with it today. I put one post up and it's basically all about me thinking whether or not I'm going to do it. Okay. So it's not very interesting. No, but, uh... <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> but I'm sure you can make it a bit more feisty. <laughs> well, you see, what's interesting is in, in, in the sort of tech world, uh, people are rediscovering the blog and email again as as methods of communication because yeah. social media has become so uh, divisive and difficult for for so many people yeah. yeah so anyway might do that and of course the good thing is if you don't feel like writing it one day you can just get ai to do it for you well, some <laughs> chatbot yes. will will work it out and it'll probably write a more intelligent blog to be frank <laughs> so <laughs> don't even get me going on AI. <laughs> well <laughs> shall we move on Yes, let's move on before I get really angry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I mentioned some trigger initials there. <laughs> well, we're, it makes me gnash my teeth, which I think is what we're moving on to, isn't it? With some feedback. We are. Thank you. Speaking of gnashing of teeth, David wrote in and he says, thanks for your latest episode. I found the thought that the gnashing of teeth could be us being confronted with absolute love and wailing as we recognise the consequences of our actions for those around us as particularly thought provoking and something that makes a lot of sense. I have for some time felt that heaven and so also hell is here and now, as you quoted St Belinda of Carlisle, heaven is a place on earth. I'm reminded of two things. Firstly, and more seriously, one of my favourite verses being 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part and then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And he says the second and more tongue in cheek comes from St. Dave of Allen doing the impression, (laughs) doing the impression of a fire and brimstone preacher. And he put this in quotes. There will be a day of judgment and there will be a wailing and gnashing of teeth to which an elderly person says, but I don't have any teeth. And the reply came, teeth will be provided. (laughs) (laughs) It's such do you know what? I really remember that joke. I think it was. I think he was um, Ian Paisley impression he was doing. Oh, he did Paisley, do a good you know? Ian Paisley. He did. Yeah. And there, yeah, teeth will be provided. It's so good. Yeah. Every time I hear gnashing of teeth, I think of that joke, that Dave Allen joke. I'll see if I can find a link. Here's what I remember about Dave Allen. I remember that I was slightly too young to be allowed to stay up and watch it, and it was considered naughty and not right but it was a real treat if the, if my parents relented and let me stay up and watch Dave Allen. Yeah, that's yeah, what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. He was considered quite ris- uh, not there risky but um sort of all alter- uh, you know yeah. dealing with subjects that that were a bit um edgy 
wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah. And then uh, we've had a question in from Peter who uh, who wrote in. He says, he said, what I'm still missing is the when and the why the doctrine of hell became embedded. Does it perhaps parallel a change in perception of salvation from rescue and deliverance from current afflictions and dangers to going to heaven? Also, perhaps a movement from the nation to the individual. So he's he's questioning that, and he he would like to ask you, the resident church historian, um, mm. your thoughts uh, around that. When did when did hell become such an embedded part of our kind of evangelical heritage? Well, it's a really good question, and uh, the answer is I I don't entirely know. As we'll come on, we're going to talk about heaven today, yeah. and as as we come on to talk about it, it's quite interesting about how little actual discussion or 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 um sort of definitions went on in the early church either hell or heaven really mm. um what we can say is this we mm. can say that the early church was thoroughly eschatological by which it, it 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 understood that the end times were on their way they were living in the in the end times and they believed that jesus was going to come back within within their lifetime basically um to to transform yes, creation and so in that sense, you're not going to get too much discussion of the afterlife because you're just anticipating a, an imminent event. But then then uh, they had to adjust after that because Jesus um, didn't mm. didn't come back. And uh, so in, you have these images used of, of uh, the sort of eschatological event. You have kind of John, John the Baptist talking about the Messiah coming with a sort of winnowing fork and and sorting out the wheat from the mm. chaff and all you know and that's kind of like a mm, judgment thing. lovely yeah yeah and then you have jesus sort of having meals with everybody and uh being sort of more about the messianic banquet which is not to say that jesus didn't talk about as we talked about last mm. week Gehenna and all those kinds of things but uh mm. there was there was a bit more sort of inclusivity to it so perhaps a bit more of a mixed mm. um a mixed picture of it I think it's a little bit like um, I think one one theologian said uh, Jesus preached the kingdom and what came was the church, um, and That's I think interesting. <laughs> it, I I don't want to kind of church bash with it because because actually what came with the church was quite often the kingdom was in the church and it was yeah. evident in the church and and I I know sometimes I just want a little side thing here sometimes people think that I I let the church off too lightly in these mm. discussions so I don't I don't talk enough about what the church has done wrong I, I just don't think i need to i think it's pretty evident you know some of us are here because we know only too well mm. the failings of the church yeah, yeah. um but i think also the church has done a lot lot of good things so the yes, church could indeed. be yeah. good and bad and i think here we go and i i suspect that's really where the the idea of hell as kind of punishment and um what's the word sanction mm. became m- much more potent certainly from sort of medieval times uh, early medieval times it becomes much more because a money-making scheme apart from anything else yeah yeah exactly so you've got the whole purgatory thing and and and, and so i think probably it solidified itself quite rightly as as um as it peter says around when becoming a christian was more usual for everybody and then you've you've got to have those kind of things to keep people in check yeah does that make sense i think that's probably where it happened Thank you. I mean, you've gone some way to answering Peter's question, so that's good. But what I'm getting is there's a bit of vagueness around this, and we should come on to that when we talk about heaven, no doubt. Because um, I am very vague about what I believe about heaven now, so I'm hoping you're going to help me. (laughs) Well, I think in some ways the theme for this episode might be the verse from 1 Corinthians that was quoted in the first email. 
yeah. you see see things through, through the bottom of a glass starkly in many yeah. cases yeah it's true enough okay so mark uh, was very moved uh, by your opening last week he says please tell nick navigating ikea is a global skill he says i've been to many <laughs> ikea stores around the world and they are all laid out the same so if he moves to a foreign land he will still find his way around ikea i agree with him saying they are the fourth hill once we moved i would pop in every day on my way home and pick something up after two weeks my bank account was stopped for suspected money laundering <laughs> said where was i cleaning the cash ikea <laughs> That's, a mark. <laughs> I, that's interesting, isn't it? IKEA is the same around the world. It's and that's it's like like the Catholic Church, basically. In that sense, everywhere you go, you should be able to experience the same kind of service. The layout is the same. You should know exactly what you're getting. It's right. a new religion. Um, and then Mick well uh, we'll use this one as a sort of lead into heaven just to sort of end the kind of feedback thanks to everyone that wrote in about hell and everything and he Mm. uh, Mick wrote in he was talking about the church and some of its dangerous teachings including the Netherlands vast parts of the church teaching that not to have a covid vaccination uh, impressively although of course that that now those numbers of people have now reduced because they died because they didn't have (laughs) Uh, and then he spoke about hell, uh, uh, appreciating the podcast and staying defiantly. But he finished talking about the fruits of the spirit. And I sort of like this. Um, I don't know whether this is original or whether he was quoting it, but he said, love. OK, so how can you believe in love when you believe that the source of love is also prepared to punish people in this way? Joy. How can you possibly be joyful when you believe that the majority of your friends and neighbours are doomed? Peace, he says. How can you embrace peace when you're afraid for your family and friends? Patience. How can you be patient when you might be too late to save someone from the fires of hell? Kindness. Surely the doctrine of hell makes any idea of kindness irrelevant. Goodness. How can Christians understand what goodness is when hellfire is considered to be true? Faithfulness. What can faithfulness really mean when it's apparently not exhibited by the Almighty? And then he just mentions humility. Belief in the doctrine of hell is more likely to produce zealots than people of humility. Um, so I thought that was um, that was quite clever and quite nice. Um, they, I mean, we could talk about this. Yeah, forever, yeah. We? And I think it Absolutely. does sort of demonstrate that the what's it called cognitive dissonance yeah. that that yeah. sort of eternal punishment brings into your faith really. yeah for me anyway I yeah. say for me it just does not fit does not fit with those fruits of the spirit yeah great no thank you thanks Mick, for that um okay so you you said last week in that sweeping mm. way you do you know without consider, <laughs> oh we should do an episode on heaven and even as you said it i'm panicking inside thinking Oh, I don't really know what I think of that. And I, I certainly can't go through the Bible, you know, dismissing the bits on hell and then taking all the bits about heaven, literally. Right, yeah. Um, mm. That seems to lack a certain amount of integrity. So, and then, you know, with the whole grieving process, you know, we've talked about using the imagination. We've talked about wishful thinking. We've talked about, you know, how important it is to have hope particularly when you're grieving. And and so I, I want to approach this quite carefully because, you know, we're treading on something that is really important to people here, aren't we? So. Yeah, I th- I think what's what's really interesting about it was well, l- quite a lot of interesting bits as I mm. read up on it and mm. thought about this week because I did make the statement and then I thought, oh, I don't really know much about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you shouldn't really do one without the other. No. And, and yeah, I think we are much more concrete in a way 
about what we think about hell yes than what we think about yeah. heaven why is that <laughs> i don't know i i I think it's because hell has the stronger imagery, mm. and 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 you know you were saying about you can't go through the Bible, um, you know, just mm. dismissing all the stuff about hell and not dismissing the stuff about heaven. Well, I think actually, to be honest, a lot of the stuff about heaven in the Bible or the depiction of it leaves me quite cold. Mm. Leaves me almost as cold as as you know the 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 idea of a physical hell because. Mm. You know, I, 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 the pictures of um, the afterlife in in the in Revelation. You know, all the saints standing around on bits of gemstone, singing, <laughs> in in an eternal worship song. Yeah, uh, it's it not really. Doesn't sound like fun, does it? Not no, after the first no. billion years. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> This is why I like, as I said earlier, the Messianic banquet and all those kind of. Yeah. There's a whole lot of other different images of of yeah. um, the kingdom of heaven that we don't necessarily pick up on, and perhaps we should. Um, but what what I, what I really found interesting about about it, and this maybe ties in with what you were saying about really not knowing what I think about it, is how little there actually is on it. So I yeah. I have books, for example, encyclopedias of Christian doctrine, Joe. Do you now? Yeah. Mine are in a second-hand bookshop. <laughs> yeah. No, I I have them because that's the kind of wild and crazy guy I am. God bless you. And I, I looked up, you know, books on early church doctrine and all this kind of stuff, and, and it's not, it doesn't even appear in the index. Wow. Heaven is not mentioned in any of them. It's quite interesting. Wow. There's a lot on sort of eschatology, a lot on jesus return which as i said was very real for them and there's a lot on on mm. um there's a bit on on sort of hell and suffering but but the, the eternal afterlife seems to have been as baffling um as baffling to the early church and to, and to subsequent theologians as it is to, to to you and i really well that's a comfort yes it is yes so we're in that sense we're just continuing a long tradition um right. oh there was a great quote i i, I found um in a book talking about early church sort of doctrine on it and talking about are there ideas of the afterlife and he said this he said their ideas were held together in naive unreflective fashion with little or no attempt to work out the implications or solve the problems they raise <laughs> which sounds like a review of this podcast to be Does, honest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so where do we start with it without you know, I don't want to give a lecture here, but where, where do we start with it? I think we start with the, the thing that most of our thinking about it, it seems to me, is quite muddled. Yeah. And it, it draws in all different kinds of elements. And we talk about so-and-so being they're in heaven now or they're with Jesus. or yeah. And we don't really have a sort of clear idea of what that might mean or, you know, uh, um, or whether that fits in with the sort of Bible account. Certainly for the early church, the idea was... That as, as I think Mick said, uh, heaven and hell are continuum. Jesus came announcing the kingdom of heaven. And it was here now. Yeah. And it was here now. But heaven to the early church was not, I think it's important to say that heaven is not kind of our destination. That's not, heaven is the realm of God. Heaven is the other dimension. Okay. So I'm not sure personally where that, whether that's where we're heading, which I'll, I'll come on to. Mm. Well, I'm interested in this because we've said about the kingdom of God, it's the effective reign of God. It's where what God wants to happen happens and where that mm. is happening. Then you can say, well, that is the kingdom of God. So you're so it sounds like you're saying a similar thing about heaven. Then. Well, yes, the kingdom. Is, so it's, it's your your will be done in heaven as on earth. 
So there yeah. were two realms here. Yeah. And and it's not like heaven is up there, out there, you know, beyond yeah. heaven and earth are sort of like a Venn diagram or something. They're intertwined. Um, yeah. And it's about bringing something. So heaven is really the realm of the so-called heavenly powers. And this is a biblical mm. picture. Right? You yeah. know, I'm, I'm just stating. Yeah, uh, but I'm keen powers. to get on to what you, what you, I yeah. want you to yeah. tell us what the history is, but I really want to know what you think. I'm fascinated sure. to know what you think. Well, you see, I go back to this, the, uh, what, what we know of what the early church um, came up with. And, and they came up with, with basically a timetable, as it were, for the afterlife, really. Okay. And it's all based around resurrection. So resurrection is such an important thing mm. uh, for the man, as it should be, I believe, for all Christians. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty crucial. So when you die, you sleep. This is this is their sort of what we can make out of their fourfold kind of thing. Okay. You 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 die, you asleep. Then Jesus will come back. Mm. The the so-called Perusia. The Jesus will return, and people will be raised. The dead will be raised mm. to judgment. Mm. And then the fourth bit of that is there's a transformation of the present sort of world order. There'll be a new earth. Okay. Um, or there'll be some kind of realm where you live in community with God. Did people understand that literally? This is what they thought would literally happen, or did they understand that metaphorically without real any sense of what what it might mean? Yes. <laughs> okay. Thanks for your clarity, Minister. Well, I, I think I, from what I can tell, uh, reading, as I said, the the, mm. the the relatively little that's in the books around it, people had different approaches. Okay. And um, and some saw it in a much more spiritual form. And some, a lot, there was a lot of emphasis on the bodily resurrection. And, and I think that's quite a strong um, theme. And the reason for that is twofold. One, because there's a load of Gnostics. Uh, so Gnostics were early church mm. sort of alternative, um, whiffly people. And, uh, and to use a technical term. I like them already. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, one of the things they taught was the body was pretty rubbish. Mm-hmm. And uh, and anything physical was pretty depraved and wrong and, and you know, yeah, and and so your 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 eternal future was when your soul sort of ascended okay. into union with God and the body got left behind and the church mm-hmm. didn't believe that following on from Jewish tradition it thought physicality was good mm. body is good yeah God created the body God had a body mm. and therefore they were very keen on the sort of bodily resurrection. Um, but how that actually might work out was a matter of some debate. So uh, an approach you might like is a, a, a third century theologian called Origen. Mm. And Origen believed that, that um, your appearance, as it were, your, the, the, you know, your, your, um, your form was raised rather than your physical sort of body. And he, he talked about it like a child growing up as still being identifiable as the same person. So you can see you okay, can see the right. child. You can recognise the man or the woman in the child. They're different, but they're the same. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, the okay. form. Now, now you've explained it. It does make sense. Yeah. Okay, so, so, it's almost like the idea of the person, the recognisable idea of the person is is the shape. Yes. Is 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 I still like there? That's good. I like that. Yeah. It was very funny actually because he he was. Uh, because he believed that the shape would be perfect, his opponents accused him of believing that everybody would be spherical, because the, <laughs> because the sphere was seen as the perfect shape. Well, I'm happy to say I'm halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> You're really working on your future kingdom body. I like that. So I have to say there were different yeah, views yeah. on it, really, um, and and I think 
there were mixed stuff. So sometimes you read letters from the early church where they're they're already talking about dead um, Christian leaders having received a crown and being with Jesus. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. as muddles as the rest of us. Really. Yes. And even in Paul's writings, I mean, I looked up that, that famous passage from 1 Thessalonians 4, and he, he, you know, which is a, a kind of key text, uh, verses 13 to 17. But in the message, um, the, the passage finishes, I quite like the way he's translated it, and he says, and then there will be one huge family reunion with the master. So that's kind of Paul's yes. kind of view there, you know, that there is going to be this kind of party on. Uh, well, I think that's very important, and that's partly why the body was seen as very important because you can't have community without individual form, as it yeah. were. You know, we can't if it's just us and God. There's no real community. If it's just an individual with God, there's no. There, yes. There's these different elements brought together. So whatever we talk about the future life, eternal life with God, I think it has to include identity and community because those are the two things that that really, to me. Jesus sort of exemplified in the in the kingdom in his in his earthly sort of demonstrations of the kingdom. Sure. Okay. And then we we've got the community model all the way along from Genesis. You know. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. as they hovered over the waters, you know, and created. It's and, trinitarian. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So God is community, and we are drawn into that community, the other side of the grave, you might say. The, indeed, and 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 perfect kind of realization of it mm. where we see love for what it is so how that works out well you know you pays your money and you takes your choice really it's uh, well you don't have to pay you can do it for free in fact um, <laughs> yeah. you did have to pay for a while in church history but now we, yeah we've abolished the entrance fee <laughs> maybe i should reintroduce it but um <laughs> So look, so uh, more modern takes on it. I think yeah. the- theology talk about uh, um, extrapolation and exclusion. So exclusion from this world would be saying, well, whatever is going to be in the future, it can't have the bad things. You know, it can't have the the pain and the suffering. We there will be no more tears, um, no more tears, no more fear, no more anxiety, no n- none of that. That's the exclusion yeah. exclusion bit. The extrapolation bit is, yeah, look at what Jesus did and extrapolate from that, and there's going to be more of that. Mm. Um, more community uh, fuller community with each other you know however you want to do that and the other thing that I would bring is so you were talking about what, what's my view yeah that's what I really want to know okay. yeah. well I'll be interested in what your view is as well but I'm more interested in my opinions obviously <laughs> naturally well my view was transformed by reading a book well a booklet by Tom mm. Wright oh right yes uh, Tom Wright's written a book on it I think it's called Surprised by Hope yeah but he actually wrote wrote a Grove booklet. I don't know if you remember them. I Quite do little, remember the yeah, Grove booklets, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're great because they're like the bigger book, but only 64 pages. Yes. And uh, it's a win. And I remember reading New Heaven, New Earth, I think was the name of the Grove booklet. And his his he was going back to sort of this early Christian idea that basically there'll be a, a new heaven and a new earth. God will transform the whole mm. of creation. And the new earth is a new earth. It has a physicality to it. Mm. And the reason I loved that was because I thought, I thought oh, I re- maybe this is wishful thinking again, as we've, yeah, yeah. You know, as we've talked a lot about in recent weeks. And thank you to people who've emailed in about that, by yeah. the way. You know, really thought-provoking stuff. But, but, you know, the thought of losing all that we've got and then standing, you know, singing hymns in a, in a jeweller's shop, to me, does not <laughs> seem very exciting. But the transformation of the world... And individuals and all that we love, 
I, I find that very mm. powerful. I ought to say, actually, a friend of mine called David Lawrence actually wrote a book before Tom Wright oh. called um, Heaven, It's Not the End of the World, which was a great mm. title mm. about the new earth. And um, so I, I recommend those two, I think, if you want you, you wanted that, that different picture. And so that's the idea that they're okay. actually in the future, there'll be a physicality to it. There'll be a reality to it, but a greater reality. Um, C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, is also that as well. Yeah, interesting. And C.S. Lewis, do, now speak about C.S. Lewis, if you can, because I know you love that guy. And he, he's got this lovely picture, hasn't he, of sort of people fading. Like, if you have not loved in this life and if you've resisted mm. God in this life, you sort of he paints this sort of picture of people sort of almost fading away, doesn't he? Well, The Great Divorce is a wonderful book. It's, um, it's a book about a visit to heaven from hell essentially mm. um and, and you're allowed to go and see what it's like and it's based on a sort of medieval idea that, that mm. there'll be a kind of you know you could have a holiday there to see what <laughs> it was like and it really comes back to universalism actually yeah. it's very like that because yeah. you're given an opportunity and so he paints a series of pictures he's very um clear on saying he's not sort of giving a, a definition of what it mm. is so it's not painting it's it's no, a, yeah, it's, yeah, a sure. it's 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 an imaginative yeah. work but one of the powerful things about it in, in, in the, the Great Divorce is that the world that they go into is more real mm. than they are. You know, they, mm. they hurt their feet on it. They hurt their feet on the grass because the grass is, is more real than they mm. are. It's, more, it's stronger. And, um, and it, it's a very powerful set of images. It's a wonderful book. I think it's his best book. I love that book. Okay. Um, not least because George MacDonald features in it as a leading character. Just throw that in. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, so I love that, and I know, but I know that you find issues with the the idea of the the, the new Earth from a coming maybe from a science point of view or whatever. Yes, I, you know, we've we've touched on it in the past. I mean, I don't want a faith that thinks it's all rational and everything, because you know, faith. The word is faith, you know. So not certainty and not, but I think. I do want to sort of make sense of my experience a bit and what I say. I mean, I, I was thinking the other day, I often quote at funerals, the Philip Larkin poem, uh, An Arundel Tomb, the last line, you know, what will survive of us is love. Yeah. What, and, and, and obviously that's, you know, poetic and metaphorical and all the rest of it. Well, I, was, I was musing about what if that was literally true, that actually what does go on is love because God is love. You know, that's the first thing to say about God. And, and therefore, what is of love in me is eternal, but what isn't is not eternal. So there's mm. a sort of mixture of burning off, you know, refining there and, you know, universalism, I suppose, the love part. Of it. I don't. I'm confused about it because I want the simplistic hope back that I always had. You know, there's going to be a party. We're going to eat chocolate. Mm. It's going to be endless cheese varieties <laughs> and and really, really excellent wine. And didn't Jesus say he'd drink it with us in the kingdom? And that must have been after death. Um, that's how I've always taken that. Yes. So, you know, I really like that thought. But I suppose I, I doubt it. Yes. I'm doubting everything about heaven and I'm comforted by what you've said that that is the tradition. You know, we just don't know. And you, you, Izzy kind of pays you money and makes your choice. I I feel like what I hand on heart believe with all certainty is that after my death, I am in God as I am in God. Do you know, like, mm. I just think that's all that is. The Christ is all there is, really. So 
It's impossible to be separated from God and we won't let a little thing like death stand in the way of our eternity in God. That's that's what I truly believe. After that, it's like, well, that just, no, how can that work? And a new heaven and, and new bodies. And I get the importance of physicality, but if 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 that is important, then that means God's body, physical body is somewhere. And I don't think I think God has got a physical body at the moment. You know, we can go on. I'm just going to tie myself up in knots. And I don't want to in any way diminish the hope. One of the thoughts we had, you know, we had a couple of miscarriages and we always thought, mm. you know, one day we're going to see those those little babies. And, then, you know, mm. maybe we'll recognise them, maybe we won't. But, they, you know, so this is a very powerful thing, I think, for people who have lost people. You know, that idea of seeing, seeing them again is such a powerful and wonderful hope to have so you know i don't want to cause anyone to stumble here i'm just saying i'm doubting all of it and i don't i don't really know that i believe anything other than what i can believe which is that we are in god we're in god and you know like my mum god rest her soul she's in god now and that's a mm. great place to be and one day i too will be in god and to that extent i will be with her but how much facial recognition goes on, how much cheese and wine gets tasted. You know, that I want to believe, but I can't with all integrity hand on heart go there at this precise stage in my journey. But bear in mind, my views do change a lot. <laughs> well, of course. And so they should. You know, I think I, I, I've i in, in the in-depth research I've done, Yes. Uh, this afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> you Googled it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't. People sometimes get in touch with me about my books and they've said, I've researched this. And what they mean is they've Googled something. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Really, it drives me mad. Anyway, yeah, okay. Off that. Come down. Come down. Okay. <laughs> I am quite interested in this whole idea of origins, this idea of people, this idea of form the essential mm. idea of that person. I think that might be a way around the two things, around the, mm. you know, between the physicality of the world and the the the, the non-physicality of the kingdom of heaven, as it were, the, heaven, the heavenly realms, rather. Mm. You know, I think that maybe there's a way there. And the early church had the same questions that we have. They were, they were worrying. They were saying, what happens to free will mm. in heaven? Do we still have free will? And they, they decided, yes, we do have free will, but we will be, and they used almost precisely your words, there will be in love all in love mm. surrounded by love and therefore that sort of washes over you in that sense mm. but but it seems to me that free will in, is it in itself an act of love you know so when we think about being in you know that whole theme of love love isn't just mm. the kind of attitudes of things we have the feeling in the brain there that mm. thing love is things we do yeah for one another yeah yeah. Lo love is um, art we create, and songs we write, and uh, you know, and paint. You know, it's it's love is love is food that we yes. cook Amen. for each other, um, and meals that we share. And so I think that kind of love will continue. You know, I think the cre the creative kind of thing has to because it is love. It's about the expression of love. I hope you're right and I'm wrong because that sounds much better than what I think. So. <laughs> well, I just say, imagine the fridges in this new world, Joe, that you can go and look in. Oh, imagine a heavenly fridge. Oh, what would be in that heavenly fridge? Imagine the messianic buffet. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it's there for you, mate. 
Listen, I, I think I would conclude. All I've I've yeah. thought about from from what I've read, you know, I think any future life has to be about fellowship. It has to be sort of trinitarian in that sense, fellowship with God and with each other. And so, therefore, I think any future, personally, this is my yeah, belief, yeah, yeah. any future life has to reflect both the individual and the communal, okay. and the physical and the spiritual, and and because that that That's what life that is. is found in God. Yeah, okay. And mm. and it has to have cheese and wine. I think we're all agreed on that. Well, we are a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But listen, uh, listeners, Nick and I don't necessarily agree on everything, <laughs> but I hope that helps you. And I hope if you're listening here and you're just thinking, "Oh, what do I think?" You know, I hope this doesn't discourage you. I hope it does exactly the opposite. I hope it encourages you. And if it does encourage you, why don't you write to me, Joe at midfaithcrisis.org? Let us know, and we'll read out some of your thoughts on heaven. If you can keep your email short and pithy, as we like to say. Mm, um yes yes uh, that would be really helpful yes we're big fans of pith we are, uh, we, are we do um yes so please uh, s- send us your pith and um yeah and if you have like book recommendations or things that like i've said you know things that you want to point or talks or whatever things you want to point people to that would be yeah. good um yeah that we see through a glass darkly but um exactly but it doesn't but it doesn't stop us getting a 40 minute podcast out of it so <laughs> so up yours st paul anyway that's 40 minutes you're not getting back <laughs> yeah exactly that's moved you closer to finding out the answer to all this isn't it really you're 40 minutes nearer to it than you were before anyway uh, thank you very much for listening we're so appreciative thank you to everyone who supports the podcast yeah. uh, that is a, 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 a lovely thing um, thank you to everyone who writes in and we'll be back with you next week yeah and a big shout out to King Charles something's happening on Saturday I believe yeah okay don't drop the orb 